She's as harmless as one of those stuffed birds. I am sorry. I, I only felt... It seems she's hurting you. I meant well. People always mean well. They cluck their thick tongues and shake their heads and suggest oh so very delicately. Of course, I've suggested it myself. But I hate to even think about it. She needs me. It's not as if she were a, a maniac. A raving thing. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? I like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I'm Don Hall. It's Donnie Smith. And this is I Like to Watch. And tonight's movie that we're going to be discussing is Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 masterpiece, Psycho. This yes, was sir. your pick, Donnie. Lead yes, the sir. way. Phoenix secretary Marion Crane is on the run after stealing $40,000 from her employer in order to start a new life with her boyfriend, Sam Loomis. One night, she's overcome with exhaustion after driving through a heavy rainstorm while traveling the back roads to avoid the police. So she stops for the night at a beaten down Bates Motel, where she meets the polite but highly strung proprietor Norman Bates, a young man with an interest in taxidermy and a difficult relationship with his mother. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's you know. That's <laughs> I realized I hadn't, yeah, I realized, and, and that was one of the funny things uh, when we did this, I watched it and I realized in the, like, probably in the first 10 minutes, I haven't watched this in a really long time. However, I've watched all kinds of, like, documentaries and, mm -hmm. and documentary shorts mm -hmm. about the film. Mm. And it's like, oh, wow, it's been so long since I, you know, I, I feel, I feel like I've watched lots about Psycho, but mm. I didn't haven't watched Psycho in a, like I mean we're talking 20 years I mean we're really? talking a long fucking time so it's, since it's, I've watched this, this is, movie this is not something you revisit no 20 no years. I know I mean wow. it's a great movie but you know it just there's so many movies to watch and, and this has sure. just not been one that I've returned and what I was surprised I was actually surprised by a few things all right, all right. first of all that is mom that you hear her voice it's like I mm -hmm. forgot about that okay um, I completely forgot about the actor at the end, basically psychoanalyzing in front oh, of people yeah, that, that whole, no that psychiatrist <laughs> would ever do. Right? No, right, right. I'd right, forgotten right, about right. the very ending with the right. fly. I mean, it was just right. like I, I. There was so much that I forgot, and I also forgot that she. You know, there, there's no murder until like 47 minutes yeah. into a yeah. 90 or 80, yeah. 81 minute film. I mean, yeah. over half the movie right. is not about the psycho. It's just about her, you know, like it's a, buying it's a the heist. car for it's a, 700 bucks. It's, it's a kind bucks. of generic heist movie. At a, at a, yeah, at yeah. Point. And it's right. like, okay, yeah. it's, it's really smart, really smart. So, yeah. yeah. So tell us what, what your thoughts are. Because I just, I've been watching it. I was Ooh. thrilled. Um, I, I felt like... Uh, because one of the things I had read was that uh, Hitchcock had conceived, at some point conceived that maybe this would be better for the TV show, because he had Alfred Hitchcock's right. Presents, right. that he wasn't convinced, and then Bernard Herrmann scored it, and he went, oh, this might have a chance. You know, I mean, so, you know, and there's yeah. definitely some of that going on, but also Anthony Perkins is amazing. Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. This I movie mean, doesn't work without his performance. He's no. in. No, no, not at all. I mean... And look, we're, I'm going to do my best to not talk about the remake, 
1998. Let's let's avoid the the yeah right. because right. I understand the thing is I understand the impetus for that remake, but right, it it really it, it what what it what what it tries to do is to boil down this masterpiece, which is sort of a companion it's a stew made up of all these great qualities and they eliminate it's like we'll just do the shot list we'll just it's do the gim- script it's a, word it's for a, word it's a, it's a gimmick it's a gimmick yeah it's a gimmick and it fails not, it yeah. fails because Visible. Hitchcock wasn't there and the actors right. weren't the same actors no, it it's what we talked about no. it's what yeah. we talked about with Some Like It Hot and why yeah. a lot of the musical versions of Some Like It Hot fail is because like just, they, they, they caught lightning in a bottle and that yeah. is that is what one of that's that's what defines a masterpiece to me. To yeah. You? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. I yeah. agree. So yeah, a lot of work went into this movie, but not a lot of work because he was given a really shit budget compared to what he had been working with. It was like what eight hundred thousand dollars? I've read everywhere between eight and a million. Yeah. So you know who knows with with that shit. But um, it it was low at the time. It's low yeah. compared to what he had been working with just previously with uh, North by Northwest, right? Yeah. I and mean, that was a giant. That's a big Hollywood movie. With that's a big Hollywood backdrops. We um we are members at the brand new Academy Museum that just opened up, and we went to go uh, take a little trip there. We have a two-year-old child so we cannot spend much time at museums but we did get to see the giant backdrop of Mount Rushmore from North by Northwest because they have the whole thing in a two-story section of the Academy Museum so you know being a Hitchcock fan uh, he's just an amazing filmmaker and just speaking, and I just want to divert real quick. Speaking of speaking of the uh, the Academy Museum, yeah. did they did they decide to include the Jews, or are the Jews still like somewhere? You know, I campus? will honestly, I will send you an article about that. There, um, the the Hollywood Reporter just had an article about that. I want to say an issue or two ago, but I'll yeah, find no, it. I read I'll it. I read it. Yeah. Oh, you did read it. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, that's like they they they, they basically said we're going to do Hollywood, but. But we're not going to include any of the Jewish men who yeah. made Hollywood. Yeah, I think that might be. Correcting. It's a little weird. I think that might be correcting itself now. I hope I'm, so. I'm, okay. I'm not really sure, but uh, I'm not on the board at the uh, academy. Soon enough. Soon enough. As soon as they hear this podcast, <laughs> you're going to be oh, yeah. getting a call. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and what I'll do is, is you get the you'll get the call, and then we'll we'll post that. Uh, We'll post that video of you slapping me in front oh, of people, wonderful. and then all of a sudden you're going to be, you know, cause be accepted and then kicked out immediately. Yeah, exactly. It's there you go. Brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> so you know, so, I mean, the kind of the, the, look. I've seen this movie a million times, and like going through it the last time, I just it really strikes me all all of the artistry that's gone into this movie. I mean, you said you do Bernard Herrmann, uh, Saul Bass, with his yeah. opening title sequence. Apparently, there's discuss. He also, well, not discussion. He did storyboard the Arbogast uh, murder sequence as he's falling. Oh, and you can see when he's walking up the stairs, the the way the camera works, and then when he falls, the way the camera works is really extraordinary. Process shot, right? So, um, Martin Balsam is is filmed in in one frame doing something almost like pre green screen. That's what we call the process shot, right? So. Yeah, no, it's awkward and it's weird and it's not. I real, love it, but it's fucking brilliant. Like it, it's it, perfect. Yeah. And then there's also a discussion that it, it, he did storyboard the the shower sequence. Saul Bass did. So Saul Bass yeah. did. Yeah, I read that. And I saw it's like who was there on the day shooting what and doing what and you know I mean how's anyone ever going to know? What I love about it is though the collaboration of all of those people. It doesn't matter who did what. Like I don't. Re- I really don't fucking care. Yeah. The, f- the fact that they create all of them created this thing. Holy shit! Like it's it's an outstanding it's it's an outstanding film. And if people haven't seen it, like please please go see it. It's on uh, what Peacock right now streaming. To be sure rented yeah, anywhere. Yeah. You could buy it. For I rented $5 it. I rented eBay. it. 
No, I, I rented it for for three bucks on yeah, Amazon because I didn't I couldn't find a, a, a free copy without that's the thing is I had it on Tubi and all of a sudden it gets interrupted by commercials and I'm oh like, no yeah yeah fuck cool. you it's worth yeah. it's worth a couple of bucks yeah, yeah. that I that I can watch it uninterrupted by fucking bullshit. Well, dude, I I, I watched it on Peacock and it was annoying because I I did got interrupted by commercials, but I have a fucking old 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 DVD of it. So on my widescreen TV. It's one of those movies that's like cropped down to this, yeah, on the big TV. It's just like, yeah, I I, I still watch the shit out of it because why not? I mean, yeah. it's just it's a brilliant movie. With one of the all things of I the think is that it, came together to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I think is very interesting about this film, and and, and it kind of goes to the heart of uh, that Netflix three, three like for they've done three seasons of it. Uh, the the thing about. You know these crazy movies. I can't remember what it's called. The movies that made us. That's what it is. Oh was. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but what I love about that, and and this is a similar story, is you know Hitchcock. None of these people involved. Not not Anthony Perkins. Not Janet Lee. No one had any concept they were doing anything out of the ordinary. They were making a movie. It's based on a book by Robert Block, and they're they're just making they're just making this movie and. And it was a low so they budget did, movie at the time. Yeah, low budget. Yeah. They, you know, it was just like, all right, let's just, you know, and, 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 you know, you spend, for any kind of film, you spend a lot of time and energy mm-hmm. and cash mm-hmm. to make it happen and creativity. But at no point, I mean, this is considered the greatest modern horror film ever made. This is like the beginning of horror films in the modern age. It is one, it is consistently in the top. Of the you know like the AFI best movies ever made list. I mean, this is one of those movies that just it's iconic, and and even Generation Z and they don't know shit. They recognize things like the shower scene and the Bernard Herman score because it's so endemic of our pop culture. It has influenced. I mean, this is part of. We'll get to this later in the episode, but that's why it's so hard. It has influenced everything that's come after it. Everything. I mean, there is so much shit that would never have been made if Hitchcock, if Hitchcock and Psycho and like just all of these cats came together to make this thing that really pushed pushed some boundaries. You know, in oh yeah, terms of, in terms of what was acceptable violence on screen. You know, um, you know, it 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 it's solidly thumbing its nose at the Hayes Code, right? Like. You know, so that it just it's 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 interesting. There is a cut of this movie, and I haven't seen it. Um, there's like an extra a frame or two of Janet Lee disrobing while uh, Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates is 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 oh interesting people. That's not in the version that is on my DVD or no, on I didn't Peacock. see that. That's not the version. There yeah, is that's not the version I watched. Well, and there's a frame in this. Uh, I have the Truffaut Hitchcock. Uh, a coffee table book and there are so many movie frames in this movie and the frame is in there of her like almost taking her bra off so yeah. like like there have been cuts and there have been edits and what was left was still so extraordinary yeah. I, I'm just I'm amazed that they got away with what they got away with at the time I think a lot of it had to do with the fact dude He's a genius of marketing. Oh, yeah. It's Hitch. Marketing. It's, that marketing? Oh, yeah. Look, William Castle was already doing it, right? With, with, yeah. With, the, you know, all that shit. But, like, he was a fucking genius. Like, we're not going to interview the stars. The stars can't talk to anybody. You can't come to the movie late. He's like playing off of his. Didn't they? Didn't they have? I read somewhere that he had in all the movie theaters. They had like a clock, and it was like a voiceover saying ten minutes till Psycho Time because he oh, didn't wow. want anybody to miss the beginning. And yeah, no, like, five no. minutes to Psycho Time, and I right. love five minutes to Psycho Time. And then there was the <laughs> quote. I read it. I read this quote that he said it was basically that this was going to be so scary it would scare you speechless. Oh wow! And then and then he makes a sexist joke and he says, and many husbands have sent their wives. And apparently that didn't shut him up either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought. I mean, yeah. I read that. and I went, okay, that's definitely uh, a man yeah. unchained uh, having having a conversation. Uh, all right, rock and roll. So, uh, I mean, I just you know going from the beginning, the fact that it's like, you know, you have you have Bernard Herrmann with this. 
uh, Mimi said she's like I hear I hear like a four piece string set. Well, that's what it is. He it only, is only strings. it is only well I know it's only strings, but it's yeah no it's just it's like a string four, quartet four, yeah. So it's a string quartet, and he specifically. I read this that Bernard Herman decided to only. There's not a single other instrument. It is literally a string quartet, right? And he wanted to only use screen strings because he felt like that the movie was black and white, so the music should be black and white, and that was his version of that, which I thought was kind of brilliant. That's like an artist doing what an artist fucking does, right? Like, and that's amazing. The fact that it, that it, 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 it I think the music makes a lot of this movie. Oh, God, you know, yeah. I mean, look, Hitch with his, his camera, there are so many dope camera moves in this movie. There are so many dope um, transitions and dissolves. Like, just his, his mastery of quote unquote filmmaking, right? He's a fucking genius. And, uh, Christopher Nolan, maybe, right? Like, who are some of Steven Spielberg? Obviously, I think Kubrick, Fincher. You know, yeah, yeah, Fincher, Fincher, fair. You know, um, but goddamn, he was he 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 churned shit out. Well, he, he was, was the he thing was about it is this was a different movies. this was a different time period, and this was a time period. It's like right now, what you have is you have people that write for TV, and you have people that yeah. write movies, and you have people, you know. He had his own television show, and yeah. then he did it every week. You know, um, as I recall, some of it was—I mean, it wasn't like as I, I remember reading about Alfred Hitchcock presents, and it was sort of like the CBS uh, Playhouse where they didn't do a lot of editing. It was like we're going to do this, and and it's just going to be what we get. And they did—I don't think Alfred Hitchcock presents did it live, but it was as close to live. But they did it every week. And right. so this is one of the things he did. Well, it was and, kind of like a and one of the zone. things, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and it was, yeah. And and what I think is interesting about uh, you mentioned without this music, if you look at, if you actually listen to the script, and I mean you can't really listen to the script sans music, but the the writing is not, with the exception of I think Perkins and you know, Norman Bates stuff, most of the writing is really not like what you would consider movie writing it's very very it's very stripped down it's almost television mm-hmm. i mean again going back to the, the, well, he the psychiatrist it. at the end the psychiatrist mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. that speech is as television i mean oh so, Dick Wolf so basically ripped that speech off for everything right it's it's exactly yeah, yeah. at the end however when you add the really talented acting, the really interesting visual sense that he had with the camera, the editing, and then of course the Herman score, it elev everything that was there when you started with the script yeah. is so elevated that it doesn't matter. It's well, amazing. It's so focused. It's sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son. But I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder. They'll put him away now, as I should have, years ago. He was always bad. And in the end, he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man. As if I could do anything except just sit and stare, like one of his stuffed birds. They know I can't even move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even gonna swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly.
in its simplicity of a story. Right. Yeah, very simple. So it's so focused on on what what they're feeling, you know, and 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 then he starts layering a bunch of shit. Right. You have Anthony Perkins removing. Well, I mean, you talk about that uh, parlor scene sequence, right, where they're sitting there having their little with the birds sandwiches, with the fucking whatever. Ta- it is. Oh, all Jesus. the ta- all the taxidermy first of all. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's now that we've seen it foreshadowing, right? Right. But yeah. like when you first watch it, you're just like, wow, what a weird, oppressive room. Like, what the fuck? Um, but then you start looking at some of the paintings on the wall behind him. And you've got Susanna and the Elders. You've got, uh, what is it, uh, Venus with a Mirror, I think it's called. Like, you have these paintings that are on the wall behind him that have all of these, like, rapey fucking, like, sexual undertones to them. Um and and actually, uh, Susanna and the Elders is the one that he removes from the wall. Yeah, and he yeah, looks through that's people. Right. So I mean, that's a very literal thing visually happening. Very specific, yeah. But who knows it until you know it, right? So like, like I mean, yeah, I can't remember. The thing is, did, have, did you when you saw this the very first time? Did you know? Did you know what was going to happen, or was it a surprise to you? No, I mean, you have. I, I had no idea. I mean, the, okay, the, see that's the, the interesting because by the, the time lead. I saw it, God, yeah. <clears throat> by the well, I mean, by the time I saw it the first time, I didn't see. Obviously, I didn't see it in the movie theater, even though you think I'm old enough to have. Um, ah. I think I saw it on TV once, and and I I already by the time nothing surprised me because I already knew Norman Bates was his mother. I, I mean, oh. I already knew that. So I, one bummer. of the things I was thinking about when I was watching it the other day was I wonder, I wonder. What the reaction, if you'd never, like that first oh, like God, yeah. week and you're going to see the movie, mm-hmm. there's no internet, so there's no spoilers, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't allow any kind of pre-reviewing It opened on. in like one town at a time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's like people sat down, had no idea, because the, the chances that they read the Robert Block book were pretty slim. Right. I mean, if you did read it, it hadn't been ending, out that long at that point. Yeah, it really hadn't been out that long. No. And so it's like, this is, and like, you don't know what's going on. You sit down. Is your time so empty? No. Well, I run the office and uh, tend the cabins and grounds and, and do little uh, errands for my mother, the one she allows I might be capable of doing. Do you go out with friends? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. You've never had an empty moment in your entire life, have you? And this happens. I mean, yeah. I I can't imagine having Vivian Lee or Janet Lee, sorry, Janet, yeah. Janet Lee, for forty seven minutes. They're used to movies. Yeah, they have eighty one minutes is a pretty standard film length at the time. Sure, but they're used to. I mean, you've spent you spent forty seven minutes with Janet Lee. You think right. there's no question she's the protagonist of the film, right? And then to suddenly have. That fucking ghostly figure yeah. of mom uh, and the fucking and the fucking uh, shower curtain, uh, and then all of a sudden you weed, weed, weed. It's like this fucking. It's like I, I can't imagine an audience in 1960 it, well, not just literally shitting their pants. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And I I have an example of that for when we'll we'll do our our picks later of uh, influence movies, right? But um, yeah, I can't either. Like what? What? What must that have been? That assault? That assault on you, the viewer? Yeah. Right. Like I mean, that's yeah. You know, it's because well, because again, and that it wasn't that kind of stuff wasn't done in film. No. No. That kind of stuff was. You didn't have that gotcha. No. And not only did you not have the gotcha, but that but violence. But 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 in the middle of the goddamn movie, you suddenly. Completely derail everything that you've set up. Every absolute piece of information you have set up, mm-hmm. you you kill it off and you discard it for a character yeah. that you thought was just creepy or weird, but not that big a deal. Well, it's it's fucked that, up. That's one of the things that I love about this movie is the um, the kind of shift of alliance that you have as the viewer. Right, we're with Marion Crane, Janet Lee's character, from the beginning of the movie. We hope that we, we, we get it. We hope that she gets away with it. 
you know, or whatever you think about it. But like most of us, well, then she decides. Well, she decides, and then she decides. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do good. I'm gonna do good. I'm gonna go back. Yeah, I'm gonna do the right thing. Yeah, right, right, right. And then this guy comes and does this crazy fucking shit. This uh, uh, spoiler alert: it's the guy uh, comes and does this crazy shit. And yeah, if if, if you get to do a spoiler alert for yeah, an eighty-year-old uh, fucking film, a sixty-year-old film, fuck go off. Fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, uh, then he he disposes of her body, puts her in the car, dumps that car into the swamp behind the the, the motel. When that car half sinks and stops, it's the best moment of all time. And he's chewing, he's chewing on whatever he's chewing. He's like eating or pistachio or nuts or whatever the, fuck, the fuck he's doing. Yeah, and he stops. And you stop. The car stops. And that's the moment that shifts you into his... You you are now on his side. God, yeah. God I hope he... Oh, he's got to get away with it. He's got to get away with it. Right? Even though... It's like a very weird shift that happens. It's very weird. Well, you I, know I, something I, I, I haven't experienced that, in, I don't think, in... in, in not, not very often in a movie. movie. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is... Because uh, I've been kind of uh, focused... I know I wouldn't say over-focused, but focused on why um, we like crime procedurals. You know, I say we, I mean, I really... Right. Mean, but why right. people like... Why Law & Order has been running for 150 yeah. fucking years. Yeah. yeah. Why do we like that? And one of the things I, I, I'd forgotten, again, things that I'd forgotten about watching this movie, is you don't see the killer clean up the crime scene and dispose of the body anymore i don't i mean i can't even recall anything where i saw because he goes i mean it's it's him going in he's yeah he's cleaning he he pulls the 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 yeah shower curtain and he lays it out just so and then the body if you see you don't see her naked body but you see that there's a body and he rolls Mm -hmm. it up you see him then like mop the floor yeah. and wipe things down and yeah. it's like he's and, and then he goes and he gets the car and instead of just taking the body out to the trunk he backs the car up to mm-hmm. the door so that he has mm-hmm. easier access to the trunk you know i mean it's really methodical and it probably takes him you know four or five minutes to actually clean up a crime scene and today's stuff is just assumed that they cleaned up the crime scene but well, maybe they made a mistake. Well, and that's what's well. That's what's interesting about like again watching movies through our lens, right? These days, you to watch that, and you're like, oh, is that easy to murder somebody? Holy shit! Like nowadays, they'd be fingerprint, there'd be the DNA, there'd be the yeah. black light looking for the fucking blood splatter, blah 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 blah. Yeah, you could probably have done that in 1960 and gotten away with it, especially in an off the road fucking motel somewhere. Oh yeah. You know, oh, it's I mean, horrible. That, that the thing is terrifying. He basically did get away with it if that $40,000 had not been in play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Or yes. Vera Miles had not yeah. been absolutely insistent she was going to find him. Right. He'd have gotten away with it. There, right. Nobody nobody was questioning. The, the the police sheriff, when they go to him, he's just like, no, Norman Bates is just the nicest guy ever. He lives alone. Yeah. His mom's dead. Yeah, his mom's dead. And they're like, what the fuck? No, the mom's not yeah. dead. I saw her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Let's call him. I don't know. Oh. If if she's alive, who's buried in the graveyard? It's like, yeah, holy shit. I picked out the dress myself. Periwinkle yeah. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know... Um, um, uh, Edward Hopper, the the house by the railroad. Yeah, have you ever seen that? You've seen that? That's the. I've fucking, seen it live. Yeah, you've seen it. Seen it? Oh wow! The the painting. Yeah, yeah. we did uh, we did the Edward Hopper project based on the Edward Hopper exhibit at the Art Institute, and we went. I mean, I probably saw so it was in those Chicago paintings. at some time. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was in Chicago. I've I only saw seen all those paintings. I've only seen Nighthawks live. Oh God, I've yeah. seen them all, oh, and and wow. and That's they're so extraordinary. Cool. Yeah, they're extraordinary. It's but, it's it's. There's nothing a print can can tell you. There's nothing a print can tell you than than seeing it absolutely oh. in your face with the real paint. It's sure. mind blowing. But the house, the house that it, you know, the fucking Bates Motel yeah. house, like that's clearly that house, and like he shoots yeah. it. He shoots it from that angle. Oh yeah, you know, he knows what he's doing. It's so fucking interesting. Like so, like all of the layers that he does with these things. Um, oh, do 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 this. Did you find this in your research? The opening shot. He wanted to make it the longest continuous shot ever via helicopter. Couldn't do it. Apparently, uh, 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 what's his face did it. He really did it with the remake. 
Yeah. Anyway. Um, ah. So it edited, edited, edited. Go look. There's a movie from 1954 called Target Earth. Okay. The opening shot of that movie is very similar to the establishing oh, shot yeah. of Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, so like, oh yeah. The- Hitchcock was ripping. He, he was like a Tarantino before Tarantino. Right, like oh yeah, everybody, everybody's taking we, shit from here and there. Well, that's I mean that's the game, and it, what is it? It's uh, you know artists, artists steal. You know they don't borrow, they steal, and yeah. and they're gonna steal, and that's you know, and the, and it's not to say that the, again. To me, I I look at this movie or any really good movie as is sort of a meal, and you know who the fuck invented fried. T- Potatoes. Well, who the fuck cares if your fried potatoes how are paired with a how goddamn? Do you make it? Yeah, you know, it's you like it? it's like fried potatoes. No, no, no. I'm just I saying my like, way. Oh well, yeah, that's yeah. Saying. That's what matters. That, and that's what I'm saying. Way. It's like like everybody, you know, everybody's got their spice. All the spices have been there forever. All the food items have been there forever. It is right. rare unless you're into that kind of like wacky. Hey, I'm gonna have a seafoam molecular biology fucking <laughs> meal for fuck off. Soylent, um, you know, hamburger. Soylent. Yeah, exactly. Hamburger is a hamburger. Meatloaf is a meatloaf. You know, ch- fried chicken. You know, you can have a different different recipe. It's the same thing. And I think these great filmmakers understand that. Okay, I saw this shot and I, I like the way it was done. I want to do that same thing right. to fit this story, like to fit this it. meal, to put this in my my dinner entree I'm offering you, and right. and that works. I don't have a problem with that. I, I love the fact that they do that. No, it's amazing. So there's two things in this in this. Uh, speaking of great filmmakers, um, in this Truffaut Hitchcock book, there's two two kind of things that I thought were interesting. What's the name of the book for the for the listeners? It's literally just called. Hitchcock Truffaut. Okay. The Definitive Study of Alfred Hitchcock by Francois Truffaut. So people can look it up if they want to get it uh, and buy it on a Kindle or something. Yeah, yeah, word, word, word. Um, So in the section where they are talking about Psycho, um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock says, I think the thing that appealed to me and made me decide to do the picture was the suddenness of the murder in the shower. Coming, as it were, out of the blue. That was about all. So, yeah. like, that's an interesting, like, you know. So he builds all of this other shit out of, like, just... Ah, there was just that little just, bit in the script that interested me. And then he made this whole other thing out of it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... You know, the, to me, that's like a writer's prompt. Hmm. You know, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, what was... I, I, I was thinking about this... Uh, Aaron Sorkin was talking about uh, A Few Good Men. Mm-hmm. And when he wrote A Few Good Men, and when he wrote A Few Good Men, he said that his sister was in the, I think she was in the Navy or something like, or Air Force or Marines, whatever. She was, you know, she was, and she wasn't part of the JAG Corps, but she was a part of the thing. And she told him she was going to Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay because these two soldiers were being tried for this, you know, this bullying they'd done to another guy and a guy died mm-hmm. and Aaron Sorkin said that that's all he heard he didn't research it he didn't look it up he just got to thinking about it and that real one little nugget created Caffey mm-hmm. and, and, and and Colonel Jessup I mean it, and it all just expanded and I think that's the way any really good story I, I was reading uh, Chuck Palahniuk is one of my favorite authors of all time right and he has really fun. He's very open with this was the nugget. This was the thing that I saw that somebody said that made me think of Fight Club or Survivor or Lullaby. I, you know, and, and he, you can see the nugget in there, but really it takes the mind of an artist to be able to take that one little well, tiny nugget right. and expand it into something that is completely unique. Well, kind of like Polinick and Fincher, you know, with Fight Club, right? Like, I think. You know, I I don't know Robert Block's work. I've I've actually never I've never read the the novel. I, I probably should. Have you read the book? No. Yeah. I have not read the book. I probably should at some point. It's probably not long. Um, My problem with fifties movies. This is the same same 50s problem. Fifties movies or movie itself. Well, that's the thing is fifties novels. I can I can kind of get past some of the stilted language mm-hmm. and some of the trite sort of uh, wrap ups mm-hmm. in. 
in movies in a different way, but with novels, the, the you know, it's all language. Right, right. And if your language is so stilted in a very specific way, it's very, well, I'll give you an example, like uh, House of the Seven Gables. Not a bad story. Mm-hmm. But motherfucker, it took me a month to get through the first chapter because that fucking just was, t- just, it's just not, and again, it's not to say that the language is bad, right? but it is of its time and so specifically of its time that, uh, Ice King, so uh, yeah, I, I probably would not read uh, Robert Psycho. Block's Psycho. Yeah. So you saw the documentary, right? What oh yeah, the, 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 the one that I sent you. The seventy-eight fifty-two. Yeah, right? seven, yeah. Uh, seventy-eight fifty-two. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw that. I saw that. I mean, it's. I think that's one of Hitchcock's biggest draws are his sequences. It's kind of it's kind of where uh, De Palma came from, frankly. You know. I mean, oh yeah. Like these De, film, well, the, the filmmakers who 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 really they, there's a script. Yes. How can I? How can I oh, yeah. concisely tell the story? And it's not a montage. Uh, the eighties, the fucking montage. It's fine. We can discuss that later. But um, these guys were really focused on sequences. And I'll say guys because yeah. they were mostly guys back then. I'll just be honest. They were mostly yeah. They, they were not a lot. Right. I don't. I, I, yeah, I can't yeah. think of a single woman director. No, not back. Then. Other than other than Lenny Riefenstahl, and that's not a great no, model. No, yeah, that's not. Yeah, no. Not a great model. I mean, she was. That good. will not be really, on. I like to watch. Yeah, super, super, super talented uh, filmmaker. Um, sure. You know, yeah. and that was uh, you know Hitler's Hitler's thing was he was an artist. So I get that, but it was mostly guys. Yes. But I think you're inter- It's men- It's funny that you mentioned De Palma because the De Palma. I mean, for all intents and purposes, most of early De Palma is just a direct ripoff of Hitler. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so intentionally so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's intentionally also, well, so. He doesn't shy away from that. It's yeah. like the, he embraces that because why not copy the master? Yes, but I wonder because it's like at that point, like wasn't everybody ripping off Hitchcock? Like you had Dario Argento, you had the Italians ripping. Yeah, off but Argento like, was not. Argento was not ripping off Hitchcock. Argento was using the ideas that Hitchcock put out and. Mm-hmm. The oh, boundaries that Hitchcock put out, yeah. and then did that Italian horror thing where yeah, just they didn't give a out. fuck, just yeah, go no. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, that was a yeah. whole movement of Italian horror that uh, Argento was uh, sort of like. He was sort of like the champagne glass of uh, this 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 Italian bloody ripple that mm. was kind of just infected <laughs> horror at the time, yeah. But I think that he did. I think that Hitchcock really influenced everyone to create more sequences, you know? I, I mean, buy that. You, I mean, if yeah. you look at uh, look at Rear Window, that you said that that's your favorite, right? That's so my have, favorite Hitchcock film, I mean, yeah. North by Northwest. I mean, you think about a lot of yep. his movies... And what sticks out are the sequences, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 easy version is, um, hey, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What sticks out for you? Sequences, right? The river oh, yeah. boat, tons the of river sequences. boat, yeah. right? So, like, I think he, I think he really created that movement towards that. You know, I think that's why the French New Wave with Truffaut and Godard. I, I think that's why they fucking revered him. Was yeah. because he was able to do more than just shoot the text, which I think a yeah, well, lot if you of look movies at the movie, leading up. Good, good, good. Yeah. If you look at if you look at Psycho, and that's actually a really good example. You can't experience Psycho without the music, but you absolutely could experience the same story oh, and understand everything about it without a single oh, word being spoken. There's so there are so so many stretches it's so of this visual. movie where there is no one talking. Yeah, yeah, and then and there, I and think the, that's. And, and the only thing you the only thing you miss if you get rid of the dialogue is really Anthony Perkins because every oh, yeah. word that comes out of his yeah. mouth He's, is is kind of ridiculously perfect and it makes me sad on some level because this guy is he's masterful in this role. Yeah. yeah. And then just kind of got stuck doing that role. Yeah. You yeah, know? and he's I like, this guy was a really good actor and didn't really get to do a whole lot. I mean, he worked, yeah. but he never he never had a moment where where he was anything more than Norman Bates for almost anybody because he was so indelible in this movie. I don't think I've seen him as anything other than Norman Bates. I've seen all the sequels for this, you know, this movie, and and I, 
I don't know. I know he was. He's been in a couple like war movies, like World War Two ish kind. Yeah, of he's yeah he's I, been in movies. I don't know. I I really don't know that I've seen him outside of the Norman Bates character, which sucks because yeah, you know, I've seen well, him in interviews did, and I, he seems like well, a that's the thing nice is he did a good actor. So he was so good in this fucking movie. He was so good in this character. Yeah. That I mean, you he's know, I mean, stuck. like I said, he 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 was in the black hole. That's mm-hmm. right. Oh, um, you know he was uh, the Disney, huh? The Disney, yeah, 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 the yeah, the black hole. Oh my God, that's right! I forgot about it. He was in the Life of Times of Judge Roy Bean, which is one of my bizarrely favorite movies. You've never seen that, have you? Never seen that. They they were gonna definitely, we're definitely putting that on there because it's a John Huston film starring uh, 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 Newman, Paul 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 Newman Newman. is Judge Roy Bean, and 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 John John Huston plays Grizzly Adams with an actual drunken bear. It's a fucked up movie, but uh, yeah, he he's in that. (laughs) A lot of TV did a lot of TV. Um, he was in Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, you know what? I did see him in that. That movie, yeah. Yeah, he was like in Maggie that. Maggie Smith so, so, is in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so he okay, did okay, He did okay. some movies there in the 70s and early 80s. Okay. And then kind of just got stuck because he was so goddamn good as Norman Bates. You couldn't wash the stink. You couldn't wash <sighs> the stink of Norman Bates off of him. I'll give you another example of that. But, is Robert yeah. Preston. Robert okay. Preston did The Music Man and every movie he was ever in, from SOB okay. to fucking Victor Victoria, okay. every movie he was in from that point on was basically him doing Harold Hill in just yeah, different yeah. places. Because oh, he'd done this one thing and nobody could see him doing anything better than that. That's but, how masterful that he, performance did was. He play, did he play Toddy? In, in in Victor Victoria, who did he play? Yeah, Toddy. That's Toddy. Yeah, see, I only know him as Toddy. I never saw the Music Man. <laughs> oh God, see, I saw the Music Man, but that that's the thing is he okay. is so good. He's so definitive sure. as Harold Hill in that well, movie. Well, let me ask that you nobody would hire him to do anything but that. But how did Anthony Hopkins wash the? Well, he got an Oscar, right? That's how he washed the stink off of him from Hannibal Lecter. Is that right? No, the thing is, I don't. The, 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 that's the thing. How did is, he get I think, Well, because I think he had, he had been a masterful actor, and known for being a masterful actor before Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I don't think he had that many movie credits before Silence. Are of the you Lambs. nuts? Oh, he was in I... fucking Lion in Winter, dude. Was he really? Okay. Yeah, he's one of the kids. Are you kidding me? He had a, a robust career. Prior well, to, I knew uh, he had a huge fucking theater career. How do you think he got the fucking job as Hannibal Lecter? It's not like he just showed up and they said, "Hey, let's just hire you." No, they were just you like, know? "Let's go to the Royal Shakespeare Academy and pick some. Let's get the best fucking actor of our generation <laughs> and have him play this character," which is why it works. So I think probably that's how he escapes that is that he had a full career that's prior nice. to that time, and then and then, but you know, it was like Anthony Perkins. Had no career, really. He just had some TV, and then he did this role, and that's it. He stamped. Robert Preston did The Music Man on Broadway, and then his first film was fucking Music Man, and that stamped him for good. That's it. And, and you know, I mean, it would be the... I guess the equivalent is like, okay, so what if what if Sam Jackson okay. had played Julius in, in, in Pulp Fiction, and that it was his first role? Well, that wasn't his first role. He did a lot of stuff before that. Right, and he's just been playing Julius ever since. Well, the, he, once he found Julius, hey, look, he works. realized he didn't have to play anybody else. What's Why it? not? You're going to fucking get a... It's a payday. Hey. Even Mace Windu. Even yeah. Mace Windu is fucking Julius, so... Yeah, you know, hey, what's in your wallet? You look for the person who will benefit, and, uh, uh, you know... I am the walrus? Uh, you know, you'll... Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say? I am the walrus. Uh, Fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex- Shut the fuck up, Donnie. V.I. Lennon. Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. My first, uh, my first influence film, we, we've just talked about it, is Silence of the Lambs from 1991. Word. And the thing is, that movie would not exist. It would not have been made. It would not have been written if there had not been Psycho. And, right. and 
even to the point where you have you you have the obvious Buffalo Bill and Anthony Perkins or you know, Norman Bates. They're basically kind of I mean not exactly the same thing, but it's just like just a more gruesome version of it. They're based sort all on trans- the same. They're based all on the same original source. But go ahead. Yeah, sort of like it. Yeah, yeah. This is a transvestite killer. You know, that's kind of the the way they're going with it, and. Right. Uh, and uh, and yeah, but I think Silence of the Lambs is because it is. I mean, it's if Martin Balsam was like way smarter and a girl. Yeah. And Jodie Foster. Yeah. You know. I mean. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and actually captured Norman Bates instead of getting killed and then falling down a process shot. You called it. Yeah. Process yes. shot of the staircase. So yeah. you know. I also like. I also like that it that, that they both started out as novels. They both took yeah. a, both took a great director to translate that novel to the screen and make and its just, own thing out of it. Have you ever read Silence of the Lambs, the book? Yeah, I read yeah. it before the movie came no, out. I read movie, it. I read that, and the movie's its own thing. Like it's its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's totally different thing. Art. Yeah, but I, but what I also what I also will say that it has similarities. Again, that this certainly couldn't have been intentional, but the chemistry of those actors in Silence of the Lambs, you cannot, you could not make. In fact, they've tried to play that. I mean, that's the Oh, yeah, no, the sequels. And I love Julianne Moore, but fuck off. You Man, you're not Jodie Foster. You don't have that. There's a chemistry between Foster and uh, and Hopkins that just can't be replicated. No. That's the only way it's ever going to happen, and that's why that movie, of all the fucking Hannibal Lecter movies that, that have been out there, that's why that's the one that actually stands the test of the time. The rest of them are okay, but that's the one that fucking have you rocks. Seen the, have you seen the TV show, the Han- the Hannibal TV? I've never seen it. The Hannibal. No, no, I haven't seen it. Okay. No, I don't oh, care. I don't care. That, that's on its own. Again, yeah. if it's not Hopkins, I really don't care. No, you know? I, he's so great. He's so great, but then he's so cheesy in some of the other ones. Yeah, it's I, like I, it's I, like it's like watching Matthew Broderick uh, be the Music Man. He ain't. He ain't. He's not. Uh, he's not Robert. Fair enough. So, you know, it's hard. The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby would not exist without this movie. That is true. But I don't. I. I. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre first. I think that's well. The thing is, I. I. I hear you when you're talking about the Exorcist and and, and Rosemary's Baby. Although I would say they might exist without this movie. In terms of themes, because the themes of those two movies are not man-made, uh, like psychological crisis. Those no, those are both. like the fucking devil. That's like the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. the yes. actual embodiment well, of Lucifer on Earth. And I think Norman Bates is explained as so. I I, I think that's kind of a different genre. But okay, yeah. I get you. Well, no, yes, but I think for filmmakers to tackle that kind of shit. With like the religious right in this country at the time, my well, I mean, continues to this day. But like to really throw that kind of out there with fucking Satan shit, like yeah, I, I really don't, fucking with you. I don't know that like if Alfred Hitchcock didn't fuck with people with Psycho, that like that kind of shock would would have been accepted, and I'm sure it wasn't accepted on by a lot of people. You know? Man, I'll tell you what, the stories I've heard about the opening of The Exorcist is like literally people passing out, sure. vomiting, but we're like running people, and screaming. Were people and, like picketing and shit? Like, da, the devil, the da, 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 I don't know. Like, I I'm sure they too. were. I'm sure yeah. they were, but uh, I, I don't think they probably picketed Rosemary's Baby. That was a big thing in that early, that, that, the early 70s to 76, I think. There was a whole lot of like... The devil, the omen. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was yeah. Like a, yeah. The fucking culty, devil culty shit. Culty shit. What, what I, but what is? Shit. Yeah. What is fascinating about that is that uh, those movies were big in the early seventies, and then in the early eighties, we actually had the satanic panic in this country, which, which was mostly bullshit. It's pretty much. Bullshit. Well, it was all bullshit, yeah, bullshit. But but you know, I mean, it was like it was like the the you know the goth kids that were accused of killing. Yeah, well, that went into the nineties like, with those. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but it started. Yeah, 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 yeah. The documentary, but 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 you know that's what's fascinating by it is is that uh, you know there was so I think you can probably go back to uh, Psycho and say that it was made at a time where people were, you know, they were in the Red Scare, 
Yeah. They were, you know, they were, they were down, you know, they were in the Red Scare. They were looking around at them. And that's where Invasion of the Body Snatchers came from. Sort of well, like this, the sci fi. We they, don't know yeah, who's, yeah. we don't know who's a spy for the other side. We don't know who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. So it makes perfect sense that this would tap into sort of that existential angst. Well, of and the it's time. Just, well, and it's more personal. Right, like yeah. you know, you, 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 I agree with you with the sci-fi movies about the, like the fear of the other and the blah blah blah. But like, yeah. this was the fear of your neighbor. Like, yeah, this was well, the fear and I think of, that like, was they all stopped. How old was the interstate system at that point? I would say Invasion of the Body Snatchers is about fear of your neighbor because the other is your neighbor. Sure. Well, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they look just like your fucking wife, you know that kind of thing. Right. So, Texas so I would go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre specifically because, like, there, there's there's so much overlap between Psycho, the Ed Gein story, the the, the real life serial killer Ed Gein. The, yeah. Everybody Google him and fucking have a drink first. It's crazy. Why you already yeah. know the story? Because well, it's sure, everybody does. Mine for it's, every fucking movie. Every about fucking psychos. movie. Right. Yeah. Right. So. You know, just the kind of, I don't know that that, and Texas Chainsaw took it to the next level in terms of, because if you look at that movie, it's, and this will bleed into my other one, which I'll let you go first, but like, you don't see very much in Texas Chainsaw. That's true. It's fucking gruesome. And there's a lot of close-up shots and reaction shots. And it's like, good sequence. you're there with them. It's great sequence. Yes, good Yes, yes, yes. You don't see a lot of actual blood guts gore in that movie but it is fucking terrifying yeah so, yeah that's that's i, I agree that's I'll why agree. i picked that with, with, with i Seth. can see you went you yeah. went one direction with your uh, influences i went another my second one is as we mentioned earlier brian de palma's 1980 film dressed to kill yeah again a lot of sequences i mean de palma basically is aping so much of hitchcock and oh, and it's again whole career about yes. a about a transvestite uh, murderer you yeah know? i mean it kind of goes along those lines i only recently saw it for the first time i want to say it was, okay yeah. it was like I think it's brilliant it was maybe right at the beginning of the pandemic because mm-hmm. i watched i had just watched that documentary that they did about um de palma have you seen that one yet yeah, I have. That's oh, really yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. So I just watched that, and I was like, yeah, I've never seen Dress to Kill. And I was like... I think it's I a was, great movie. I was flipping yeah. around, and I'm like, oh, it's streaming wherever it was at the time. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'll fucking check it out. Wow, is it problematic. <laughs> it's... Well, you know... <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, look, here's it's a product the of its time, so I don't want to get well, into Well, no, I'm whole, not even going to say it's know, a product like, of its time. Oh, how do you take? How do you take a movie about a murderer... You know, how do you take a movie about a psychopathic murder? I mean, you, you could argue that Psycho, oh, psycho just is just as well, problematic. Well, not and as, the thing is, I don't it's, think it's, it's problem. Well, I don't think it's, it's problematic because <laughs> if you could make if you could make a movie about a psychopathic killer that is not problematic, it's going to uh-huh. be the dullest, most boring Bob's Burger bullshit that's, you can yes. find. That's if fa- it's not that's, problematic, then it's not a psycho movie. That's fair, but you also, I think that's what the brilliance of Psycho is: is that it, 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 goddamn near forces you to empathize with Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates. Oh for yeah. Life. For like thirty, which is more problematic than anything Brian oh, De Palma no. ever put on screen. Really? Okay. I mean, hey, yeah, look, here's look, the thing. I, here's I understand. I understand sort of the idea that oh, these things, the sexism and these racial tropes and this kind of stuff. <laughs> these are the worst possible things. It's the biggest evil. We, no, I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. It, Empathizing with a fucking murderer. A fucking psychopathic yeah. is far worse than empathizing with a racist or a sexist. I oh. guarantee you, it's far fucking worse. Have, have, uh, where, where is where is uh, what is the fuck? Where is body double on your on your Brian De Palma scale between one to ten? I think it's where's body I, double. Oh, body double. One, no, one, one being one being one being shit. Ten being amazing. Where's body double on your Brian De Palma scale? <laughs> Six and a half. Shit, that's fair. Shit, it. Yeah. Look, I think my. I think the different. Well, look, it's not a big difference to be honest. He has the same kind of fucking male gaze that Hitchcock has. I mean, hands down. Like, and that's that, that's. But Donnie, Donnie, <laughs> every male. This yeah, is the thing. Not, I understand. You can. No, make, I understand. Okay. No, I understand the idea that that that. Oh, we've yeah. got it. We've got a demo. The fact of the matter is, every male. 
has that male gaze. Every male has that male gaze. Which why? Is why? Because which is why which we is... like titties and we like women in peril. That is what men are built and hardwired to like. Which, it it doesn't mean we're supposed why... to enjoy it, and it doesn't mean we're supposed to tout it or even act upon it. But the fact is, to try to deny that it exists is why no one in 2022 is having any goddamn sex is because we're trying to deny that we actually like some of this stuff. But, but hold on. But that's why the best male directors usually have female editors, Don. That's true. That's that's true. That's all I'll say about that. I'm I will I you know that that that's is all a thousand percent true. That's right. a thousand percent true. Okay. Um so yeah, no, I understand <laughs> I understand the concept. I think the word pl- problematic is being thrown around yeah, fair um enough. To, to sort of shame men into having natural instincts. And I'm sorry, but looking at tits and going, wow, I like those tits, is not rapey. Fair it's enough. It's just normal. It was it's very, normal, man. It was a very shocking movie to me is what I'll say. Well, was, it, uh, body, body Double's different. Body Double's different. Oh, I body own Body Double. double but the, Yeah, the Body Double is sort of like De Palma went. De Palma went, I wonder if I can make my own spank. Film sure. for myself, yeah. and that's what he did, and it's oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but Dress to Kill is not that. Dress to Kill is actually a, oh. a, a really brilliant film. It's a very shocking film. Yeah, Michael. It's Kane. very shocking. Yeah, yeah. I hey, everybody, check it out. I checked it out. I was like, holy shit! So it's worth it. There you go. Why not? My second. You're a younger guy. You're a little sensitive. Well, that's what it is. Sensitive is like you know, just like well, we'll we'll see how sensitive. I have a horror movie coming up. See, this, yeah, this is the thing. Is you're talking about sensitive. No, 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 you just no. brought up Texas no, no, no. Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not fucking how much, sensitive. How much more problematic is I Texas guess, Chainsaw Massacre than Dress to Kill? It's actually not. It's actually not. It's about it's, a guy that wears skin less, on his face and chops people less. up with a fucking... And this is what I think is so interesting it's about so the whole problematic thing. <laughs> no, but the whole problematic thing is it's okay that it's not problematic right. to watch a guy... Cut up a bunch of teenagers with a fucking chainsaw, but, but Michael Keane or Michael Kane dressing up like a fucking transvestite killer. No, well, that's problematic. It's not even that. You're it's not even nuts. that. It's Nancy. What's Nancy? Nancy. What's her name? Nancy Allen. Yeah, it's just like titties galore for like no fucking yeah. reason. Yeah. No, I mean look. Who? No. What do you mean? Fine. There's no reason. It's There's plenty fine. of reason to see titties. Well, you I just mean, talked about Janet Lee. You just talked about the extra shot of Janet Lee almost taking off her bra. Tell me when you're watching that movie you would not anybody with a fucking normal working libido watching that movie when she goes to get in that shower you're going god i wish i could see a titty you don't but you want to and that's why it works hitchcock is on the record as saying the opening scene of psycho does not work for me because he has his shirt off and janet lee should have her shirt off i agree he's like uh, that's it sticks in his ass i guess apparently so I mean, well, you know, I understand yeah. that because because the idea to be correct in the culture requires us to deny our natural instincts is bullshit. It's just bullshit. I'm not saying that you have to enjoy necessarily that thing, but I'm also saying that in a ta- in, in a land and a culture where the people making the single most money, other than the robber barons and and Jeff Bezos, are like. 20-year-old girls on OnlyFans masturbating for men do not tell me that 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 somehow that makes the men bad and the women suddenly empowered. That's some bullshit. That's a part of the equation. I, it's sex. Sex is great. Sex fair, is awesome. Fair fair enough. I I I I I fair enough. Speaking of sex, the yeah. only one that doesn't get laid lives. In your final pick. Halloween 1978, John Carpenter. <laughs> yes. I mean, come on. It's it's so stupid. Dr. Loomis <coughs> is named yeah. after Sam fucking Loomis. Jamie Lee Curtis is Janet Lee's daughter. I mean. There you go. On. Now, here's one that I didn't know. Tommy Doyle, who is the young boy that Jamie Lee Curtis is, is, is uh, babysitting that night. Yes, played by Anthony Michael Hall in, in the, the latest Halloween new one. Kills, and that, which is such shit. Such ugh, shit. I agree. I didn't even it's finish terrible. it. Dude, it's terrible. Dude, I didn't even finish it. I watched it four fucking times because I'm like, why is it so bad? I need to figure out why is it so bad. 
See, it's, the thing about it is, I got, never talk about that movie. I got, I got, I got no. maybe thirty-five minutes into it, and I went, "I could give two shits about any of these people. I hope they all fucking die. I'm I done." Love, love David Gordon Green. Love Danny McBride. Sure, that movie can go fuck itself. That sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Anyway, but anyway, Halloween nineteen seventy-eight. So Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle, Brilliant. is named after a character from Rear Window. He's the oh, New wow. York. He's, he's the NYPD detective on the case. That's brilliant. His name is Thomas Doyle. Yeah. Um. No. So I found that in my research. I thought it was fucking fun. know which trailer I'm, I'm gonna play whichever tra- I don't know if trailer. this is mine or yours I just have uh, oh, we'll I have know. the trailers I'll, I'll I don't mine. know which trailer I'm playing just uh, trailer roulette alright so this is let me make sure I got the sound up this is our first trailer What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. Okay, Fuck Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Fuck yeah, man. I can't wait. I mean, who can? Come on, that's amazing. I will totally see the shit out of this movie. I'm oh yeah, go, well, I'm the thing I think is theater on a Sunday afternoon. Well, oh, I know I'm going to. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, you understand when the first Top Gun came out? No, please. What? I was a senior in fucking high school. Oh, nice. Fucking Top Gun was my fucking Tony Scott fucking wet dream. Nice. I love that movie. And Word. what makes? Did you Word. see? Uh, did you see Val? The the Val oh yeah Kimmer, the documentary. Uh, documentary oh yeah yeah yeah. What yeah, I yeah, love yeah. about Ooh. this is that Tom Cruise basically said I read this basically oh. said I'm not doing this without Val Kilmer. I don't give a fuck what's wrong with his voice. I mean he was just like fuck off. Fucking a. I'm not doing this film without Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer hasn't worked in, f- in like two decades. Right right. It's been a but but. But it was like, yeah, I got to have this guy because he was such a huge part of that fucking movie. That's Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, look, yeah. I, that, I just, I saw that. And look, um, you, you wrote something recently, right? About nostalgia on the, the literary, yep. right? So, you know, this is one of those movies where let's, let's see when it comes out. Let's watch it. And let's see how, where where it plays in the on the Cobra Kai scale of uh, it's gonna nostalgia. it's gonna sit perfectly yeah. fine on the Cobra Kai scale because oh, yeah. a we love Tom Cruise Fuck yeah. b we love fucking Maverick. This Come story on, looks man. fun, man. It looks fun. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really yeah, down yeah. with it. All right, what's, all what's, right. What's yours? Mine is not at all like that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it, it might be. It might be the polar opposite, <laughs> other than it stars two very aging actors. Here we so go. here is mine. Okay. Will the defendant please stand? Kempton Bunton, you were charged that on the twenty-first of March, nineteen sixty-one, you stole from the National Gallery. A priceless portrait of the Duke of Wellington by Francisco Jose de Goya. Not very good, is it? We're convinced that the Goya has been stolen by a highly professional international criminal gang. Mind your boomers! Almost certainly a trained commando. <coughs> You're right. Bitter biscuit. One problem. What's that? Your mother. I can explain. I'm shaken. It's the shock. Shock, yes, I'm shocked there's a stolen masterpiece in my wardrobe. What's he actually asking for? £140,000. For what? Charity. Good grief. I'm living with a madman. I'm tackling social injustice. I'm like Robin Hood. 
You're an idiot. The taxpayer paid for that bin. They could have given thousands to war widows and pensioners. It's for the greater good of mankind. Mankind? What about your own kind? This is The Duke. Starring Jim Broadbent, Helen Mirren. It is based on a true story of a man who stole the portrait of the Duke of Wellington um, completely oh, yeah. improbably and 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 held it for for hostage uh, to pay money for charity. Um, it's a true story. I I the minute I saw that these two actors were in it, I said, "Fuck off! I have to see this movie." Where is this coming out? Um, I don't know. It's the Duke. Uh, I just story it up. of a kid. Of interesting is, it's twenty twenty is when it was at least made. Well, yeah, I know it was made in twenty twenty, but it's not coming out until twenty twenty two. I don't know the actual date, That's so but weird. I know it hasn't opened yet. But I can't wait to see this fucking movie okay. because I love Jim Broadbent. I love Helen Mirren. Yeah, I love the whole concept. That in the '60s, this guy actually stole this fucking painting. That's amazing. I, that's like I'm 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 so fucking in. I'm so in, man. Word. He's a taxi driver. The guy was a taxi driver. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know anything about. That. I'll have to check that out. Wow. Yeah, I, so when I that's saw it, I went, yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta see that movie. That's gonna be, uh, that's gonna be on me. I mean, I, you know, I'm not gonna say it's as uh, gonna be as bonerific as uh, Top Gun Maverick but oh, it will what, definitely what can be except uh, but maybe, it'll make me laugh and it will make me happy and that's if make, that's not what the films are for sometimes I think I think the only bonerific movie we'll get to next is Cocktail that's totally bonerific yeah 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 alright so our word, next film the word cock is in the movie it is, and and Kelly Lynch is in it, and she looks hot in that movie. Anyway, um, our next movie is also got a very hot lead actor, um, and also a very tragic lead actor, and one of the actors known for his bizarre on-set hijinks, and another film that I think is an absolute masterpiece. It is Aronofsky's. Requiem for a Dream. I apologize Ooh. for having. Have you seen this movie? Oh, I, I, I have seen this movie. All right, yeah, it's a rough fucking movie to watch. Um, but unlike Psycho, where I maybe watched it once twenty years ago, right? Um, this is a movie I've watched a number of times because, okay. as painful as it is, I think it is one of the most brilliant Republican. Uh, screeds against drug use you will ever see in your life. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it is. I'm it down. is. It is the evils of fucking drug addiction. Oh yeah. And 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 uh, DP with a dildo. So yeah, that's yeah. Okay. They, oh yeah. There's, wow. Well, they, you know that okay. comes at the very end, dude. That comes at the end. It's that's not what the movie's about. Sometimes it doesn't come at all. 